there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we'll wrap up a very eventful year and look ahead to 2021 with some thoughts on what we've been through and what we hope the new year will bring. But first, Darlene, Merry Christmas, girl. Let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to the show. I'm King McClure along with the very Christmas spirited Monica McNutt. This year, 2020, will go down in history as. Hey, I don't even know, like probably the craziest year of yeah. all time, maybe. We could we could play a word game on that. <laughs> but before we go get into 2021, we gotta reflect back on some of the major events on the courts and our society. Majority positive events, because I don't want to re- recollect these negative events. So let's focus on the positive events of 2020. I'm definitely with you focusing on the positive things that came out of 2020, even if it is positive that was birthed out of a negative, similar to our board when we do our bucket board and block with our guests. Uh, One of the things though, King, that was super dope in 2020 was you joining the team as a co-host here on Buckets, Boards and Blocks. Super excited. Have you enjoyed the ride? I have enjoyed the ride. It's been really fun. Um, I love you guys. And it's like a new family, honestly. So yeah, I've definitely enjoyed every single moment. Bruce has been amazing. You, Monica, you have your days. But <laughs> <laughs> but just wow. kidding, just kidding. No seriousness. Now I do I do love it. And it's like one of the highlights of my week every time we get to do the podcast. Man, that fateful ESPN seminar when we first crossed paths. Look at us now. Full <laughs> family. The little brother that I never had. Never had. I don't know if I wanted. I used to want an older brother. I digress. Anyway, I'm I'm happy to have you now in the family. So, okay, off the top, the big things this year, I think 2020 will be globally remembered for, obviously, is the coronavirus. I think nationally, even globally to a degree, when I think back to how many places we saw protests in response to the killing of George Floyd and then the shooting of Jacob Blake and the death of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. And sadly, there are probably more names that we could rattle off but we're gonna instead focus on the unity that we saw these events bring about and the way that these negative moments opened hearts, opened eyes, opened ears in a way that in my 31 years of life, I had not seen. And so while my heart and prayers thoughts are still with those families, um, as we continue in the fight for social equality, correcting social injustices, I do believe that 2020 will serve as a springboard in these conversations that will be a positive thing. 
Yeah, I mean, who would have ever thought that a disease is the reason why we're now starting to become more unified as, as a country? Because if we really think about it, if there's no coronavirus, George Floyd just becomes another hashtag and we move on from it in about two weeks. Uh, Jacob Blake becomes another hashtag and we move on from it in about two weeks. Because there was nothing going on during that time period, because everybody was on their phones, in the house, stuck in quarantine, it became a big deal. So honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I'm kind of thankful for Corona because it, it showed America like there's a lot of issues and a lot of things we need to fix as a society in the country. Agreed, agreed. And Bruce, obviously for us, we're coming at it as young Black folks living in America. But for you, obviously, we love you and think the world of you. And I think our moment that we shared on the Mike Wise podcast, Bruce, is one of those moments that reminds me that we have to have the grace with one another to truly hear and share our stories and our perspectives. I remember that vividly because I remember, you know, I, I was saying that I, I hate living in a little like um, echo chamber where I'm only dealing with people like myself, right? Uh, and I need to be exposed to everyone. And I always have tried to be. I mean, I think those of us who are in the basketball community, I think we were a little bit ahead of the curve when it came to understanding fellowship with people because we are, you know, we're different races, we're different ages, religions, whatever, but we have something that binds us all together. And it's the love of the sport and the love of the people that are part of the sport and the whole idea of being teammates. I mean, we're teammates, right? But I think at this point, we're way beyond teammates. I mean, we are family. I mean, I literally love you guys. I really do. I know you well enough. I feel like I could talk to you about anything. If I was having a personal problem, I think I could call you up and say, hey, King, what do you think about this? Or Monica, you know, I got an issue here. And I'm just grateful that I don't live in this echo chamber. I need to be around Monica and King and lots of other friends that are different from me. And you really opened my eyes that night because you got emotional, I got emotional. And I think we kind of, you know, we burst through something there. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was a spirit of understanding and just sort of like this bond that was that is always going to be there. Yeah, I agree. I, and I appreciated you and Mike giving the space, giving me the space to do that because I didn't even know that that was going to come to the forefront of the conversation. And really quickly, just to recap, King, Bruce was sharing, as he just did, he mm. is proud to be surrounded by people of different races, ethnicities, religions, the whole bit. And I was able to share with Bruce that the reason that we have HBCUs, right, is because Bruce can say that from a place of, I'll always have a seat at the table no matter what, where I have to say it from a place of, I need this because it is the very lifeblood of my career and what I'm trying to achieve as a person. But at the same time, I also need to be surrounded by people that look just like me because only they can truly relate to the struggles of what it is to be Black in America. That's real. That's really, I never really thought about whole HBCU concept like that. You know, I always thought about, like, if I could go back and, like, go through my recruitment again, I would have definitely added, like, two or three HBCUs in my recruitment process because I felt like that, like, kind of like what McCure Maker did, almost yep. in a sense. I mean, I, th I think that's super dope. Like, even Josh Christopher, he chose Arizona State, but that's super dope to have, uh, I think he had Howard in his, his top five, too. I think that's super cool. It gives the schools uh, public recognition and it really just boosts everything. So I, I never really thought about the whole HBCU aspect like that, Monica. 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's so much for us to think about. Um, I also think so much of 2020 was just, you know, really putting um, things right in one another's faces because it wasn't just racism, right? Although the, I think it was a huge moment for racial reckoning, but now we're looking at our school systems and we're looking at right. our financial systems and, and COVID really exposed so many breaches in our society. And unfortunately, as we always do when we close the podcast since March, we shout out to frontline workers, teachers, folks in the grocery store, people that don't have the luxury of not going to a physical location for their job because they've been amazing in keeping us all going. But when I think about the numbers, climbing over 319,000 and counting because of the leadership in our country, um, I hope that those lives aren't lost in vain, whether it is the new administration taking a much more comprehensive approach to leading and being proactive, or even Americans thinking, wait, if our government says we need to be wary of something, let me get out of my own selfish way and think about the greater good for all of us. Yeah, but you already know that people are still going to be selfish. They don't really care. I mean, Bruce, what what you think, Bruce? You know, I I hate to say there's a silver lining in the fact that 319,000 people and counting are dead. But if it wasn't for COVID-19, I think we would have we would have all been much more like, oh, the stock market's up, the economy's up, whatever. We might not have had a different president, you know, and mm -hmm. while I tend not to be a political person outwardly, I mean, I, I tend to kind of be down the middle politically, but I think we all sort of understood that the guy that we had in there, you know, not good. And I think if it hadn't been for COVID, he'd be looking at four more years. Man, Bruce. Wow. Mm. wow. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, it could, could I, that yeah. be? No, I, I, I agree, because I think one thing about him that a lot of people saw was that the things that he did for America, as far as, like like you said, stock market and all that, he actually did a solid, like, not a bad job. And pe people really liked him for that. Now, his other things, as far as creating, stirring up problems between, division between, you know, African-Americans, uh, white people, that's the reason. And that's what really got exposed and got brought to the forefront by COVID. Now, not basically what he did as a president, but what he did when he was on Twitter, what he said, what, well, what he didn't say when he was in the press conferences and everything. That's what got exposed uh, this year. I mean, 2020, we might as well call it the year of exposure because Ooh. everything got brought to the to the forefront. Ooh. Ooh, the year of exposure. And here and still, we managed to have sports. And I think, I, I, I feel like I can confidently say, guys, that stick to sports should definitely die moving forward. Because whether people agree or not with what athletes have to say, sports, whether you think back to the Jane McManus quote, who I think Sean Doolittle made it popular, but Jane said it originally, sports are a privilege of a functioning society. All the dysfunction of this year also disrupted sports. And while we understand that athletes are so much more than just the respective sport player that they play, they too, as leaders, as we've seen, like never, no, I shouldn't say like never before, but at, at we, as we've seen at a far more common clip this year, they are leaders in their communities. They are leaders in terms of what's right in our society. And we saw that intersect throughout the sports world. And I, for one, was extremely proud of every athlete that was willing to use his or her platform. 
The NBA and the WNBA were definitely leaders when it came to this. And again, uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, the athletes are primarily African-American, but I think you also had uh, very sort of morally upstanding leadership in the sports that wanted the, the athletes and the coaches and whatever to have their say. And I think that did more than almost anything else we saw. I mean, look, people will listen to politicians, but most of them, you know, they're, they're politicians, right? They usually say sure. things and they just kind of say things because they think it will help them get a few more votes. With the athletes, the, the, the men and the women, this was like everything to them. And they put it all out there. And that's how that message spread so far and wide. It wouldn't have done that with just politicians. You needed the, these people that we all respect, admire, and that the kids, the little kids look up to. How many little kids now are going to understand this topic? And they wouldn't have if some senator said it. They wouldn't care. They wouldn't even be paying sure. attention. No, that's, I mean, that's rare. I was one of those people. I think we talked about it on a few shows back. I was one of those people that thought that when sports came back, it would be a distraction from what's really going on in the society. However, I mean, I was wrong because I was thoroughly impressed with the way that the NBA, WNBA handled all the social justice things. They really put it to the forefront and made sure that, yeah, we're playing basketball games, but this is what we care about more. So we're going to show this through commercials. We're going to show this uh, through our jerseys, through the court, like all types of ways and not just the players, but shout out to the NBA for really pushing that and ESPN too. Because the, the commercials they show, the, the graphics that they show, the things they choose to highlight, you know, it took a, a, a everybody. It took everybody that was working on the game, working on a project, more than just the players to really just push that topic. And they really did a great job doing that. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it was a powerful year. I, I find it hard to see where, even if you didn't wholeheartedly agree with the approach, I find it hard that you cannot find empathy for the messaging. Um, and again, so much of this year is about willingness to have conversations and acknowledge your privilege, right? And that your experience does not equate to the experience of every American. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. I echo everything that you said, especially with you, King, because I thought for sure, as soon as we got back to scores, it was going to be about stat lines. And I think about Jamal Murray. I think about the moment with Raptors point guard. Why can't I call his name? Wichita State. Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet in the bubble. And the tremendous work that the reporters did in the bubble. Malika Andrews, who's been on the podcast, her viral moment when she got emotional reporting from the bubble. This stuff was heavy, man. But I so often think, and I think back to doing a show with MSG, while they didn't want to get into it, right? And I understand that. We were allowed to address it off the top of a show. And, and I literally, guys, I was sitting there like, what am I about to say? Because what I'm not going to do is act like everything's okay. And what am I about to say? Because the other part of this is I need this paycheck. So what am I about to say? <laughs> and I swear it had to be God. Like, So the conclusion I came to is, if we want to compare sports to society, the best teams that I've been on, we have had contentious practices, we've had heated locker rooms, and when things blow up, that's when we can really address the issues and get down to the nitty gritty and begin to rebuild so that we can be better. And so in many ways, in terms of sports analogies, that's what I equated 2022, our heated locker room, 
that's been boiling over and it's about time that we address some of these things that we try to act like don't exist. So that's where I am on 2020. Mm, look at you, Monica, coming through with the analogies. Listen, okay. that, was <laughs> that was heavenly. Cause I was like, oh, wow, that's good. Let me just say that. Okay. <laughs> um, you said it, you said it all right. I did say that. Um, okay, so now we turn our page guys and we prepare to go into 2021. There's a vaccine, there's hope. Um, there's lots of good things. We are, we got sports back. In fact, we're recording this pod on a Wednesday. The NBA season began Tuesday of this week and we've got a slate of five Christmas day games that we're all gonna be thrilled about. And my phone's ringing, being annoying. There we go. <laughs> um, I guess the, the biggest thing I feel like that has been a talking point has been March Madness. Because even in, as Adam Silver addressed both the TNT crew and I saw him with the jump maybe this week, Bruce, where did I see Adam talking? I know he- uh, I saw, where did I see him? I don't know that it was on the jump. I'm not sure. I didn't watch the jump this week, so I'm not sure. Sorry, Rachel. No, <laughs> no worries. Um, well, when he addressed the TNT crew, he did acknowledge that there is flexibility built into this year's NBA schedule because to think that they would get through the season without having to move or reschedule because we still are operating in a pandemic would be naive. And then of course, King, lots of college coaches, your coach Drew and you for that matter, tested positive for COVID and come back from COVID. And we keep looking ahead to March Madness on both the men's and women's side, but there's a lot of steps to be taken to get to that point. So what are you hopeful about in 2021? And do you think we'll actually be able to achieve those sports feats? The, speed, the feat is just completing the season, I guess, honestly. Hmm. So, I mean, this is my number one concern. I think that with the new with Biden coming in office, I hope he does not shut things down. Because, I mean, it's kind of selfish me saying that. Because I'm, I'm, it's my job. But if we he shuts everything down, then there's no sports. Okay. So, like, if he does, I get it. But if he doesn't, then we get March Madness. We get the playoffs. We get all types of things. So I guess it's like a toss up really honestly but i'm looking forward to march madness because we missed it last year i think this year be successful because it's in a bubble i think that's going to be like we had the nba playoffs in a bubble last year but you do know that bubble was a single site we're just going to a single city yeah i mean that's cool but like still march madness in a single city think of how cool that's going to be like there's no seven game series. It's one game at a time. You better get ready, focus your mind, and lock lock in and play and beat that and beat that team and, and advance. There's no seven game series to make up for what you didn't do last game. You get one game. I think that's gonna be incredible, especially in one site because there's no traveling. There's no limitations. There's nothing. No excuses. You versus the other team. Let's go. We need to see Baylor make the final four for the first time since 1950, which is even <laughs> before I was born. So, you know, it's been a long time. Look, but, and, and, and keep that Jared Butler, keep that Jared Butler safe, man. Don't, you know, don't put that, put some bubble wrap around that dude, man. Keep him safe. <laughs> you don't got to worry about that. This is our year this year. Heard it here first. Okay. Got it. You. I'm I'm with you because Jared was great on the podcast and as family, I now root for your teams. Great. Love it. Baylor win. I just, I mean, if we get a positive test in the tournament King, like teams are shutting down for 10 to 14 days. Like that's essentially the entire run of March Madness. Now I do understand yeah. 
we had Val Ackerman on MSG AM this week. And she said, you know, this is unlike anything she's seen in her sports career in 33 years. And yes, you have to be nimble and you have to be flexible. She agrees with you with the plan to move forward in March and they're following medical advice, so on and so forth. Um, but she doesn't think that pushing it back is on the table right now. Mm, for me, I definitely think that if you put it in one city, I mean, you're right. Like if there's one, like let's say if Baylor gets a positive test or like Jalen Suggs gets a positive test for Gonzaga, like they got to go to the tournament. That might kill their whole national championship dreams. I just think that if you put in a bubble, you test everybody before, right? You got to be super strict. And I think guys will realize like, hey, we're fighting for an NCAA championship. I just have to literally stay in my room for a week or two. And it's worth it because it's literally the the, the, the national championship is on the line right here. So I, I think guys will do it. Um, I think the problem is like, can we even get there like safely? You know, because there's there's so there's been so many cancellations. Like Baylor, for instance, they've only played I think two games that was originally on their schedule, and like their their matchup with Gonzaga didn't didn't go through. Like a lot of teams, like their resumes are suffering because. And not able to play these non-conference games that was supposed to boost them, was supposed to build them. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the problem is, can we get there? And when we get there, do we really have a legit tournament, like a legit field? Because you might not have the best 68 teams available because some people's non-conference schedules got, got hurt. I mean, the vaccine is going to determine so much of this, how quickly, you know, the, the frontline workers, the, the medical professionals, the older folks, the people that are at risk, how soon can they all get taken care of? So then it fans out to like more of the general population. And that's going to determine everything, not only about college basketball, NBA, all sports, all society, all of planet Earth. I mean, everything is riding on a successful distribution of that and everybody getting in line and, and getting rolling up their sleeves. So sure. that's what I go to bed each night thinking about praying for. It's like, as quick as we can do this, we just got to so that everything will sort of fall into place after that. Agreed. We're certainly all hopeful. Obviously, the top priority is that we get to it and through it, but safely, as safely as possible. Um, the results or the reports this weekend, the updates to Keontae Johnson of Florida, he is making progress and recovering. The report said he did or does have myocarditis. They are not blatantly linking it to COVID, but you do the math. But he could miss, he could miss three months of this season and he was SEC preseason player of the year. So hopefully um, he can get back to full strength, playing strength, and continue forward with his basketball career. We definitely don't want to see more of that across college athletics at all. That's true. If he has myocarditis, that's not that's not good because I have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Don't know if it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But if he does have an enlarged heart, that kind of puts him almost at a risk because you know you could suffer from a stroke, knock on wood, stroke, heart attack. Um, yeah, prayers up to him. I don't know what it is really, but if it is what I have, uh, prayers up to him for sure. Yeah, man. 
Indeed. Okay, so real quick, NBA storylines. We talked a lot of college basketball. This week, we got our first glimpses of Kyrie and KD on a team together. They took care of business against the Warriors. We got the LA finals that we thought we were going to have last year in game one. I'm sure the Lakers are like, and basically LeBron said it post game, we've been together for nine days. They probably were like, if you for, if you forgot, we spent a little bit more time in Orlando than y'all did. So, you know, um, <laughs> but we saw the Paul George. That is the Paul George that is worthy of a four-year extension with the Clippers. He had a great opening night um, and the Clippers dominated. But biggest storylines that you're looking forward to, King, you first. And the NBA this year? NBA this year. Um, I think that my storyline i think i said it on the last show with uh ava ava is the the phoenix suns i, I really like the phoenix <laughs> i really like the phoenix suns i like devin booker i like the addition of chris paul being a leader um and leading devin booker to get to the promised land um i, I like everything that they did and i think monty williams is a fantastic coach and i think he will have those guys playing unreal and they'll finally get to the playoffs again Shout out to Ryan Resch, the, uh, what is it? What does he do there? He, he's pretty big. He's like James Jones, uh, right-hand man. She's so like the assistant general manager. Anyways, when I first got to Baylor, he was my GA that used to spend all the time in practice with me, getting my rebounds and helping me get better. Now he got big time on me. So shout out to Ryan Resch and the Phoenix Suns. Tell Ryan to come to the podcast. What you got, Bruce? I, I, well, I picked Monty Williams as my preseason pick for coach of the year because I think Phoenix is definitely going to crack into the playoffs this year. I don't know how high up. I could see them being maybe six, okay, seven, but just making the playoffs would be put him in, in position for that. But my number one storyline that I'm looking forward to this year is LeBron's drive for five because mm. if he gets the Lakers to the championship this year, number one, it guarantees his statue outside Staples Center because Jeannie Buss told us that on the Mike Wise show a couple months ago. Number two, it ties him with two other Laker greats, Kobe Bryant, five chips, Magic Johnson, five chips. And it gets him one chip closer to that number 23 from the Bulls. Mm -hmm. And for anybody panicking about the Lakers losing on opening, I'm just going to remind you about one thing. In 1998, when the Bulls went for their second three-peat, the opening night of the season, they were destroyed by a very mediocre Boston Celtics squad, and it didn't seem to make a whole lot of difference the rest of the year. So Lakers fans, come in off the ledge. No need to worry. You guys are going to be fine. If Lakers fans are worried already, just sit down in a corner somewhere. Relax. Calm down. Yeah, right. they're like Celtics fans. They think the world's <laughs> against them. Ooh, that's good. Okay. Uh, okay, so I love all those storylines. This morning, I was asked on MSG AM to come up with my finals matchup, and I said Lakers Heat again. I, I, it's gonna be tough. I, I, ugh, I really like Denver. Y'all know I love Denver. I don't know if Denver is ready to take the leap, but I do like Nikola Jokic, the Joker, as an MVP candidate, a strong MVP candidate this year. I think the leap that we saw him take just in the break from the regular season to the restart in Orlando. Like, he could continue to grow. And Jamal Murray is that dude, for sure. Um, I feel like Miami returns everybody and it will be healthy. But I also feel like oh, Milwaukee got the, better. They don't have Jay Crowder. Oh, good point. I forgot. He went to Phoenix, right? And they don't have they don't have Derrick Jones either. 
Mm, less than, yeah. less than Jay Crowder does does cause me to say, oh yeah, you're right. Hmm. But if they have a healthy, uh, what's my point guard? Dragic. Yeah, Dragic and and Bam Adebayo. I yeah, mean, he's gonna he's gonna be probably in the top ten MVP voting this year. I would think. Yeah, yeah that's definitely plausible. The East picking a champ out of the East right now is very tough. Like in theory, it should be Milwaukee, but then Brooklyn got they're both on the floor, Katie and yeah. Kyrie. Then Miami returns mostly everybody, and who knows what kind of havoc Russ is going to wreak on those guards in the East. And the Celtics just locked up their dudes, and continuity continues to grow, and there's tons of talent there. And can the Sixers get it together under Doc Rivers? Ooh, the East. Ooh, this is going to be fun. The East is tough. We keep we can't forget about this storyline. This hasn't become a story yet, but it's still a story. James Harden. What in, what the hell is he gonna do? <laughs> my eyes. I, I want to know what what is he going to stay or is he going to leave? Because there's a lot of reports saying that James Harden might end up going to the East. Hmm. Would you would you want James Harden? Would you give up if you're Brooklyn or you're the Sixers? Would you give up your star, some young stars that you're grooming, and some draft picks? Are you are y'all giving the kitten caboodle for James Harden? If I'm the Sixers, I'm giving up Ben Simmons for James Harden. Bruce? Well, I'm not. First of all, I think we should retire who's tripping in honor of James Harden because that guy is like tripping 24-7 as far as I'm concerned. But no, I mean, I had heard a rumor that Boston was interested. And I'm like, no, I don't want Marcus Smart leaving the Celtics. I don't care if he takes bad shots. I want that guy on my team, and I do not want James Harden on my team. I wouldn't give up certainly Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for James Harden. I would never do that. So no, no. I, I think James needs to kind of come back down to earth a little bit. And maybe at the trade deadline, he can go somewhere. But I want to see him act professionally, play professionally. I want to see, I think this is a real test for him right now because Houston has him under contract for two more years. They don't have to trade him. They can tell him, you know what, you're getting 40, 45 million a year. Mm-hmm. you're you're here you're on this team you're under contract and we put some good guys around you oh by the way john wall boogie cousins they still got you know some pretty good you know uh, role players on that team they're not going to be a bad team unless he brings their kind of morale down throwing balls at rookies will bring morale down all right shout out to my guy jay sean tate apparently he got the ball thrown at him uh <laughs> in practice I hope you're okay, dog. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Was it I don't think I don't think he hit him though. I think it was a turnover, but whatever. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I'm with you guys. I don't know if I'm a contender, and I like my roster as is in terms of contending. I don't know what I'm giving up for James. Mm-hmm. <sighs> if you're Philly, if you're Philly though, I think Philly's the most likely place because that's where Daryl Morey is, and he was always Daryl's guy. So, you know, there's a little, and and honestly, the Ben Simmons thing, he's a tremendous player. If I was Houston, I'd be happy to get Ben Simmons back for Harden. I was about to say, I take that back. I think Philly probably, Miami, I'm not doing it. Milwaukee, I'm not doing it. I don't even know that I'm touching it in Toronto because what has made Toronto appealing has been their culture. And I think at least this iteration of James cutting up and misbehaving, it doesn't work. And Toronto, apparently, the NBA players love Toronto, and that seems like it would be a major distraction for James. Yo. Although they're playing in Tampa this year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Drake Drake, and James Harden, 
would have been going stupid in turn. <laughs> That's a big hot mess when it happened. Um, I like James from what I know. He's a super talented guy, but I just don't know. I don't I don't know. We're all watching this saga as it unfolds for sure. Hey, Monica, what about your Knicks? <laughs> you know what? My Knicks have a lot. Let me just let me just say this because it's my podcast. I love folks at MSG. And now that I have been affiliated with MSG and am rooting for the Knicks, in fact, tonight I will be hosting the preseason opener on Zoom for all of our great folks and a bunch of alums. Um, the Knicks catch so many unnecessary strays, including you, Bruce. Like when President Obama hit the Knicks with a stray, I'm like, why? Like, let them go about their business. Man, y'all out, yeah. out here relying on Emmanuel quickly to get y'all bucket. <laughs> this is so bad. Now, I will say that I didn't necessarily think that Emmanuel would play the one in his first rookie year. But, I mean, if the expectations are low, let the kid be baptized by fire and figure it out. Listen, when you when if they're willing to work on defense, they will overachieve because every team that works hard on defense overachieves. They have a pretty good young guy in the middle there on defense, right? That Mitchell Robinson, he's a pretty talented guy. And so, I mean, I kind of was just playing with you a little bit there. I know that, you know, you're a prof professionally, you are on the Knicks, you know, you have to, you have to do what you have to do. I get that. You're probably deep down more of a Wizards fan, I would think. But and they're they're going to be very interesting this yes. year, I think. Um, the Wizards of Westbrook Way. Yes, I'm I'm excited to see how that. I love goes. that. I love that. The Wizards like of Westbrook, that. Monica. Like that. That's nice. <laughs> that was, you know, my producer kind of teed it up. I added the last part to it, Bruce. You know. No, no, no. I don't. I don't remember doing anything like that. I think that was all you. <laughs> um, but yeah, just guys, just be nice to the Knicks, okay? Just worry about your teams. Be nice. It's a we'll matter. Be, of we'll, we'll be I, nice I, to the Knicks. Say, I will say, and I do believe this, and I think King is literally my walking proof of this. This generation of athletes, yes, they are terrific basketball players, but I think they are conscious of branding and opportunities in a way that I don't know that guys ahead of them were. And New York City is still New York City. The garden is still the garden. And Thibodeau and new leadership gives you a real shot at building something. Is it going to happen overnight? No. But I think that New York is still going to be appealing. Mm. Yeah. yeah I can see that that's just me yeah yeah no I mean listen for when the Knicks are good that's good for the entire league you yeah. know it's good for the TV ratings it's just good I mean you want the New York teams to be good because the most number of fans are in New York and if they're more interested in the team that means they're more interested in the league that's good for the whole fam Yep, yep, yep. Well, gentlemen, as we wind this one down to end our 2020 run here on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, what's your Christmas wish, guys? King, you first, man. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Christmas wish. I think my Christmas... I think my Christmas wish is to just be able to spend more time with, with, with my family. Uh, I'm well, on my... Daughter, I'm on... Since March? But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I, I just want my daughter to, to have a real, real Christmas and to really understand like what Christmas is really about. And I just want to see her smile and make her happy. To be honest, I don't really. I, I stopped caring about presents once I had her because it's all about a little late. So. Yeah. Oh, I need to send her a Christmas gift from Auntie Monica. She's such a pretty <laughs> pie. Send her some. Mine. <laughs> mine's got nothing to do with sports. Okay. I want. I'm looking forward to having a new government a new president a new spirit in the country 
where we've sort of said, we got this crap behind us now, some, some of it, some of it we're going to have to live with. I want us to love each other, respect each other, take care of each other, be considerate of each other, help people out, give a little more to charity. There's a lot of people out there that are suffering bad. Yeah. I mean, bad. Yeah. So whatever we all can do to do just a little bit more, don't think so much about ourselves and just be nice. Just be considerate. You know, don't, don't just talk the talk, walk the walk and just respect each other. You don't have to love everybody, although that would be nice, but take care of each other. Just look out for people. That's what I hope. Definitely. I love both of those guys. And I think I would kind of echo mix the two of them together. Um, I do think that family has been more important than other and than ever in our personal lives this year. Not just family, I think friends, the family that we get to choose. I think that 2020 has shown us when we are stripped of so much, just how much we still have in terms of healthy relationships and things to be grateful for. But I also think to your point, Bruce, it has shown us the disparities in our society. And I know in the last two months, personally, I have been challenged internally. I've felt my heartstrings pulled not on just what it looks like to support my friends in a meaningful way now that I'm 30 and you know bank accounts looking steady, um, but even just to be a compassionate and empathetic member of society. Where do I have to give and not just heap upon myself? So um, I think my Christmas wish is that when we look back on 2020, despite the losses that we see how resilient we can be and how beautiful the human spirit can be, but also in that same breath, how fragile it is and why we should cherish each step of our respective journeys. I think somebody once said, we all we got. We all we got. So. Well, everyone, thanks for rolling with us all year long. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever it is that you celebrate and reflect on positively and enjoy the smiles and laughter of your loved ones, even if it is via Zoom this year. We wish you well during these holidays. Thank you guys for being you, too. Really, truly. Bruce, you know you the man. Uh, ah, ah, I'm just caddying for you guys, man. You kidding me? <laughs> That was dope. Monica and I would like to thank all of you for listening to Buckets, Boys, and Blocks this year. It's been a crazy year, but we appreciate you and all the support. Thanks also to our producer, the GOAT, Bruce Bernstein, to our outstanding and our outstanding editor, Tom Phillip. Shout out Tom. He is great because he always gets these done and edited super quick and we appreciate that <laughs> please check out all of the pure hoops media shows our newest show is dave's front office with dave wold his first two shows feature a great conversation with hall of famer and the logo jerry west who has great stories about basketball and life definitely want to hear that if you want to hear the logo speak there we go Mike Wise is here every Monday with a new Mike Wise show. We have a new full court show with Fisher and K each Tuesday. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin have a new show each Wednesday. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast and a new show each Friday. Every single day of the week, you're getting a new show, people. Tune in. And Monica and myself are back on Thursday with Buckets, Boys, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing.
One of the things we're most looking forward to in the new year is the availability of the COVID vaccine for all, and hopefully we can move on from the virus. But most of us are not there yet. Frontline workers, medical professionals definitely deserve to get taken care of first. Um, so in the meantime, the disease is still running rampant. We mentioned over 319,000 deaths so far and still counting. So please, please continue to take it very seriously. I know it's hard around the holidays and you think that 2021 means we're moving on. Yes, we are, but it's not time for us to forget the things that we need to be doing to do our part. Wear your mask, wash your hands, keep your distance from others, stay in the house still where you can, and definitely be considerate. Treat everyone like they were a member of your own family and do your best to protect yourself and others. Definitely keep the medical professionals and essential workers in our thoughts and in our prayers. Please keep working to make sure that our society is far more inclusive and equitable for all. The events of 2020 cannot just stop in 2020. We have to continue to strive toward a better society. Happy holidays, and may you all have a happy and healthy new year. We'll see you on the other side of 2020 and 2021. Until then, where you can, enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.